this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 5 now. We've been talking about identity. We talked about it last week if you were here. Uh, If you weren't, I encourage you to get the CD, but we're going to add to it not only today, but the upcoming weeks. I can tell you right now, God's going to scribe some things on your heart today. Once again, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Get it up high, and you may be here today, and you're battling insecurities. Sometimes feeling inadequate or insufficient, and there's times in every one of our lives we have to ask ourselves this question, how did I become the person I am? And every one of us in this room, I I can't allow what people think or say about me to define my life, to define who I am. I've got to allow Jesus to change the labels of my life. And so we're going to talk this morning about becoming who God says I am. Becoming who God says I am. Now I'm going to highlight that word because in Genesis when God sent Abraham, or not Abraham, but Adam a wife, he said the two of you shall become one. How many of you that are married, did you figure this out? And if you hadn't, you will soon. That the day you said your wedding vows... You didn't totally mesh. It was a work in progress. And some of you say, it still is, Pastor. Yes, it is. But what happens is we die to ourselves and quit being so selfish and learn to become one. Well, it's the same with Christ. That I learn to become who He says I am. And that's what we're going to talk about. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, begin with me in verse 15. And He died for all. The last time I looked in Webster's Dictionary and found the definition from all, it still meant all, okay? So that means every one of us in this room, Jesus died for you. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but here's your purpose. But for him who died for them and rose again. So when Jesus becomes Lord of my life, my purpose becomes, yeah, I go through this place called earth and I live every day, but I live for him. That I become a live and active representative of Christ. I'm an ambassador right here, and so are you. Keep reading, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh or according to human point of view or this worldly standards. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer by the flesh, is what it's talking about. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now that goes for every one of us in here. If we are in Christ, if we've made Jesus as Lord of our life, we are new creation realities. What happens there is when you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, he comes into your heart and he changes your nature. Now look what else he does according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, And old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Now that happens, guys, when I allow him to do that. When I start seeing myself as a new creation reality, I allow Jesus to define who I am. Not the things of this world, not my past, not that old man, not that old nature. Now, if you're like me, guys, I, I've, got an, I've got a past. I've got an old nature, and it wasn't good. But when Jesus comes into our heart, 
I allow him to redefine me. I allow him to transform me into his image and his likeness. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 62. Isaiah chapter 62. How do we do that, Pastor? Well, you receive the things of Jesus by faith. Man, you keep living by faith. What is faith? That I just begin to believe everything the Bible says I am. I, I can be what the Bible says I can be. I can have what the Bible says I can have. And I can do what the Bible says I can do. The ultimate thing is every one of us dig in the Word of God. We find those things out. And then you know what you do? You start agreeing with them. You say, man, if Jesus said I overcome by the blood of the Lamb, then I overcome by the blood. If he said, according to, to Romans 8, 37, that I'm a more than a conqueror and all these things, then I'm more than a conqueror. But the ultimate goal is for me to identify through Christ Jesus. Now, here we are in Isaiah 62. A week ago, if you were here, we read in Revelations 2, 17, that it said that when you get born again, the Father gives you a new name. Now, begin with me in verse 2, and you're going to see that repeated again here. Isaiah 62, 2. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. You shall be called a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. So what happens is when I get born again, the Lord designates me a new name or he bestows a new name upon me. We saw last week how God did that over and over through scriptures, whether it was Abraham or Sarah. He did that with Paul, who was Saul. He did that with Peter. And so this is what he begins to do. With. He gives us his new name. Now, when he gives us a new name, my nature starts changing. If you really, really have gotten born again and you are living for God and allowing him to change your identity, people will begin to say, you act different. You talk different. You don't use the Lord's name in vain anymore. You don't do those old things. So what happens is Jesus begins to work in you. And it may be a process. You may be a work in process or in progress is what happens. Keep reading some of these things that the Lord says about you. Verse 3. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Now see, that's how God looks at you. In, in His hand, you're a crown of glory. You know what that means? You're precious. And you're valuable. Actually, Psalm 139 talks about how God wonderfully and fearfully and skillfully created you. Right there in the hand of God. So if God views me as, as this crown, man, i got to start viewing myself as this crown. Keep reading. A royal diadem. You know what that means? You're exceedingly beautiful. Woo, when God sees you like that, he says, that's my boy, that's my girl. How many of you remember the old poster we saw in Sunday school years ago that said, God don't make no junk? That's true, okay? God don't make no junk. I don't care what's happened in your life. Keep reading. Verse 4, you shall no longer be termed or labeled forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed or labeled desolate, but you shall be called Hesphabah, which means my delight is in her. Keep reading. And your land, Beulia, which means married. For the Lord delights in you. He delights in you. He may not delight in some of the stuff you do, but he delights in you. And your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice. 
rejoice over you. Now, you can get a bunch of things right there that God talks about. He rejoices over you. He delights in you. You're a crown to Him. But it doesn't happen until I begin to see myself that way. And for that to happen, I've got to get rid of those old names and those old labels that have tried to identify me. And some of you will say, but that's who I am. No, it's not who you are. You know, the Apostle Paul in, in Philippians 3.13, he said, One thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me, and I reach for those things that are in front of me. That is the key for every one of us. If I don't allow myself to get rid of those old labels, to quit looking back there, it'll literally handicap my future. It keeps me in a, in a paralyzed state. So I've got to move on i got to start seeing myself how Christ sees me. And this is an ongoing process. And what I mean by that, you will grow into the fullness of your identity. Think about in the book of Judges, there was a man named Gideon. Gideon's working in the wine press, and the Lord sends this angel, and the angel says to Gideon, Hey, you mighty man of valor. Now, I believe when that angel said that, oh, Gideon looked over his shoulder. And said, who are you talking to? You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong address. And the reason I can say that, when you read the rest of that passage, Gideon says that, that my family is the weakest of all the families. And on top of that, I'm the least. But yet, what did God say? God said, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. And so Gideon had to walk that out. He was walking that out. He was a work in progress. And when you ultimately read the whole passage of that, he became a mighty man of valor. That's how you and me have got to be. We've got to get to the place where we start seeing ourselves in who God sees us. Now look with me into, back in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. You know, in my own life, guys, I, I started pastoring and Man, the first few times anybody ever called me pastor, I wanted to cover up. I wanted to hide because I felt very unworthy and undeserving. I mean, it bothered me. Man, God started working in me. And God started working in me. And I can go into places of business now, and it's interesting when someone says, Hey, pastor, that every head will turn and look. And I'll look like, that's me. That's me. I've been on airplanes, guys, when people in the very back said, Hey, pastor! And I look, and everybody's looking like, who are they talking to? The best one I ever had was at a Texas Tech football game, and I was in a men's bathroom at halftime, and they were lined up, and this guy over there goes, Hey, pastor! I was like, it's me, that's me, right there. Now, I wasn't always that way, guys. I, I felt inferior about that. But when God calls you, and you begin to understand it's His calling. It's His calling. You begin to walk in those things. And there becomes a security that God can only do with you. Now, here we are in Matthew 16. And I want to show you how some of this looks today. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, really, in this passage here, you know what I think the Lord was doing? He was really playing spiritual jeopardy with these guys. Because he says next, So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. 
And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now that's a, that's a key for every one of us in this room. It's not who my grandma says he is. It's not who my mom says. Who do I say he is? And when he says this, look, look real close at what Peter said. So Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now when he says this, Peter confirms in his own heart who Jesus is. Note right there in that verse, he addressed him as Simon Peter. Okay, Verse 17. Jesus answered and responded and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Now, all the Bar-Jonah meant that he was the son of Jonah. The previous verse, he addressed him as Simon Peter. This verse, he dresses him as Simon. Why do I highlight that? Because the word Simon right here, it specifically meant that he was unstable. He was un- That's what Simon meant. And when you study Simon's life, he was notorious for speaking before he thought. And so he addresses him as Simon. Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood, or man has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. Now wait just a minute. He addressed him as Simon, Peter. Then he addressed him as Simon, and once that he says to him, you are Lord, you are Jesus, he now identifies him as Peter. The name Peter meant rock. So right here, basically, the Lord changed Peter's name. And when he changed his name, you begin to see Peter's nature's change. And when Peter's nature changed, his purpose changed. And so Jesus ultimately says, and your name is Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so he's telling Peter right here, you will be a building stone for my church. I'm going to use people just like you to build my church. So when you go back and look at old Peter, he gives his heart to Jesus. It changes his nature. And then it changes his, his purpose. But when I followed Peter's life, after Jesus said this to him, he didn't always live up to his name. What do I mean by that? There were times that he fell short of what God called him to be. He had to grow into that name. And it's the same with every one of us. When you get born again, you begin to grow into the things of God. You keep growing. You keep growing. And you keep growing. Now, how did Peter fail sometimes? Well, this guy named Peter, after Jesus labels him Peter, the rock, he's the one who denied Jesus three times. He denied him and denied him and denied him. Same chapter, chapter 16. Look with me in verse 21. Let me show you another thing about Peter. And this is after he changed his name. From this time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, can you imagine this? Here's Peter and Jesus is standing there, and Peter goes, Psst, psst, come here. And I can see him put his arm around Jesus and say, Listen, buddy, you've got problems. You've got identity problems. You're better than that. And ultimately, Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. 
So what ultimately happens with Peter, guys? He's a work in progress, just like every one of us. I've got to keep hanging out with Jesus, and as long as I keep hanging out with Jesus, He's going to start changing me. He's going to start moving in your life. Things will begin to happen. How's it going to look, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Now, I want you to see this, guys. Where you can begin to see, even in Peter's life, that, that Peter had to be, uh, overcome those, those old natures, those old labels. And what the Lord does here with Peter is he gives him an identity change. He gives him an extreme makeover. Peter becomes a different person. I've thought about this in the Scriptures that, you know, Peter ran with all those other disciples. And they had to see all the mess-ups that Peter did. But they also had to see the change in him. And Peter was the very one that, that it, there in uh, Acts 2, he began to speak the things of God so boldly. And I believe those rest of the disciples look and they're thinking, what did Peter eat today? What's happened to Peter? This isn't the same Pete we knew. And that's what happens with me and you. The more I hang out with Jesus, the more my nature changes. And my identity begins to change. And many of you heard last week that, man, there's still times that I'll be around my older brother who's a pastor also, and people can look at both of us and say, if God can change you two, He can change anybody. And you know what I say? Yeah, buddy. Yoo-hoo. That's a compliment to me. I love when people say that because you know what? They see a difference in our life. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He's writing this to me and you. Think about this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants for you and me. Now, he's not telling me life is going to be trouble free here. But he is telling me this. When I allow the things of God to revise me, I can start seeing my life, my future through him. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now when I begin to read this, guys, God's the one that will change you. You know what my job is? To keep seeking Him and to keep searching for Him. You know what that means? Just as we sang this morning, i got to keep pursuing God. As long as I keep pursuing God, things are going to happen. The problem is when I quit pursuing God, or I get mad at God and think He's not doing what I want Him to do. As long as I pursue Him, that means I'm walking things out. Some of you got to keep walking things out and keep searching it. See, it's not a matter of where we were or are. What matters is what do we see ourselves or how do we see ourselves through Christ Jesus? See, even today, you may battle deep feelings of insecurity, inadequacy. You think, man, I can't ever be used. You're not alone. You're not alone. I mean, how do you think Gideon felt, guys? He was like, I'm not qualified to do this. I can take you back into Exodus with the man named Moses when God called him and said, I want you to lead my people. You know what he said? My speech is not eloquent. Moses had a problem with stuttering. He felt insignificant and insufficient, but God said, you're the man. 
I can use you. Just keep hanging out with me and watch what will happen. You know, one of the first times that I ever preached in my life, I had a guy come up to me and say this. Right after, I can still see his face. And he looked at me and he said, don't quit your day job. I didn't know whether to say thank you. I didn't know whether to ball up in a fetal position and cry, or I didn't know whether just to knock him out. I mean, I looked at him. Do you know what I realized? As long as I kept hanging out with Jesus. See, where, where Jesus calls, he'll move. Where Jesus guides, he provides. He'll take care of you. Now, I want you to flip over just a couple pages back to, to Jeremiah 18. And allow this to get on the inside of you today. This is going to help almost every one of you in here if you'll allow it to. Jeremiah 18, verse number 1. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel, the potter's wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was ruined. It was flawed. Just like all of us in this room. Every one of us in this room have something that has tried to scar life. And if I'm not careful, I will, I will cause it to try to be my identity. What other people say, what other people think, I can't buy into that. Yeah, is it true we've all made mistakes? And what ultimately happens when you're growing up, you may have had stuff spoken over you that said, failure, loser. You'll never amount to anything. You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, each one of us in here have had stuff like that spoken over us. And if you're not careful, that becomes your, your identity. When I was growing up, and this, man, I hate to say this, but I had a friend, and we nicknamed him Stupid. And I look back at that, and so we would say, hey, Stupid. And he'd say, what? And so you, you see that it branded him that way. Some of you have branded your children that. Hey, Stupid. Hey, Lazy. You know, um, I said this in the first service. Terry, you and Vicky, raise your hand. You guys weren't even here, and I use you as an example. It's a good example. I've heard them for years. They have a wonderful marriage. And I've heard them for years address each other as husband and wife. He'd say, wife, are you ready to go? And they didn't know I was listening. And she would say, husband, are you ready to go? And it blessed me that they would do that. In other words, they weren't saying, hey, stupid, you ready to go? Hey, lazy buns, get over here. And so you look at the stuff, how we brand each other and label each other, but, but uh, Proverbs 18.22 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I'm either speaking life or I'm speaking death. It's just changing our, our thoughts and the words we say and start saying what God says. It's important we get this. So back, back to Jeremiah. He said, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred or flawed in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Now highlight that, guys. As it seemed good to him. Not bad, but as it seemed good to him. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. 
O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God is the potter. I'm the clay. And as long as I stay on the potter's wheel, he molds me and he makes me. And every now and then you'll have a little air pocket in you and he'll work that out of you. Now this is what I sense the Lord just through my prayer this week saying, there's two types of people here. Number one, some of you need to get back on the potter's wheel. You've gotten off and your life has gotten away from what he wants to do. How do I get back on the wheel? So, Father God, I repent. I'm coming back. I'm going to allow you to mold me and shape me every day. Number two is some of you that are on the wheel, just stay on the wheel, okay? Just be patient. What does that mean? You can go back and look. The man named Joseph had a dream. He did not walk out that dream and fulfill that dream for almost 13 years. King David, guys, he was called to be the next king, but he didn't become the king for 13 years. You know what happened? They stayed on the wheel. They stayed on the wheel, and they kept being molded and shaped and, 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 and given kingdom purpose. That's what God wants to do with you. But part of that is saying, Lord, I want to seek you. i got to search for you. And guess what? I keep doing everything that I know to do daily. How does that look? Well, guys, in my own life, and I, I get born again when I'm 20 years old. Crazy flaws. Crazy flaws in my life, guys. I mean, I'm a teenage alcoholic. Dominated, dominated, dominated me. But in, in Colossians 1.13, the Lord said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. So I begin to speak that. I begin to speak it. And some people will say, well, I tried that. It doesn't work. That's your problem. You don't try the Word of God. You do it. And so from the time I begin to speak what God said about me, where he said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness, I'd go around saying, I thank you, Father God, you've delivered me from the power of alcohol. Not exaggerating, as I'd probably say that ten times a day. I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, alcohol has no dominion over you. But from the time I begin to speak that until I walked out victory where alcohol had no dominion over me, was one night, not, not even close. Four years. Four years. I kept speaking the Word. And my wife kept speaking the Word. Kept speaking the Word. See, the Word of God won't return void. you got to just keep going to the potter's wheel. Keep going there. Keep showing up. And then in my life, I'm 20 years old. I have a desire to go to Bible school. I never realized where that thought was. It was God. I get to Bible school and I realize there's a calling on my life to pastor. I'm now a whopping 22 years old, 21. You know how many more years it was before I started pastoring? 19. 19 years on the wheel. You know why? This old boy had a lot of air bubbles that God had to work out. He was, I mean, he, he had a rolling pin, a massive rolling pin. And just roll on me every day and I'd scream and every now and then I'd get off the wheel. I'd get mad and say, but God... You know what I look back at? If I'd have gotten the ministry when I was in 27, I'd have got wiped out. But God had a plan. He had a plan, and guess what I figured out? I was one of those ones that were on the 19-year plan. I didn't like it. 
But oop, here I am. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's the same for some of you. You may have some flaws. It's okay. Peter had flaws. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and I'll end with this or try to. Stay on that wheel, guys. Keep coming to the Lord. Keep seeking Him. Learn, learn to, to, to get a prayer life. Learn to seek God. Learn to get into the Word on a daily basis. And begin to speak things over your life, especially in areas that you failed. Especially in areas that people have said this or that about you. Or I seek this is what God said. Woo, I thank you, Father. If you had problems with lying, start speaking. I'm a man of integrity. I tell the truth. And some of you's wives would say, that's so far from the truth. Not in God's eyes. I begin to speak what God says. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now understand that right there, guys. Salvation is not a reward. It is a gift. How do I receive the gift? Grace. For by grace I've been saved. You know what grace is? It's unmerited favor. I don't deserve it, but yet He gives it to me. So I've been saved by grace through faith. What is through faith? What does that mean? Well, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, to get saved, I believe in my heart and I speak with my mouth. That's the way the kingdom of God operates in every arena. So you get up tomorrow and in areas of your life you may have struggled. You say, oh, Father God, grace me today. Grace me today as a husband. And there's times I've, I've thought, I don't, I don't have an owner's manual on being a husband. I don't have a clue about how to be a daddy. I don't have a clue about having to be a pastor. But I say, Father God, you grace me. Grace me as a man of God today. Grace me as a husband. Grace me as a father. Grace me as a pastor. And then guess what? Through faith. So guess what? I start releasing that out of my mouth. Woo, I'm a mighty man of valor. And there's some mornings that I wake up, guys, and a mighty man of valor, I don't even feel saved. But yet I realize I can't go by my feelings. I just go by the Word of God. And this is what God says. And I begin to speak that. And so then he says in verse number 9, Not of works, lest anyone should boast. If it was by works, you know what we'd do as human beings? We'd go around and say, Woo, look how special I am. Man, I, I, I read every book of the Bible 22 times and I got saved. Look at me now. God is the God who saves and God is the God who makes people. You know what our job is? I just believe Him and trust Him. I just believe the Word of God. And He ends in verse 2. Or verse 10. For we are His workmanship. You are His workmanship. What does that mean? You're God's poem. You're God's artwork. And your life didn't have rhyme or reason until He came into it. And when I become His workmanship, I become created in Christ Jesus. And for good works. I'm not saved by good works. I'm saved for good works. And He goes on to say, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. I'll never walk in what God has called me to until I give my heart to Jesus. And when I give my heart to Jesus, there becomes a nature change. Just like Peter. 
And before long, not only is there a nature change, there's a purpose change. And that's what he wants every one of us. We're God's workmanship. We're God's masterpiece. That he's very aware of every one of us in here today. But I've got to start allowing the Lord to change how I identify with. Quit allowing the flaws of your life. See, it'd be very easy for me to go through life, and everybody knew he's a drunk. We'll call him Alki. It was true, but that's not what God said. In the natural, it was true. So every one of us in this room have been scarred by something. We've got flaws. But when I start walking through life and I say, oh, thank you, Lord G, I'm a mighty man of valor. And sometimes you just got to keep speaking by faith. And sometimes you just got to keep believing. And even, even in your marriage, some of you, that's your problem. Some of that's your problem in your house. You speak defeat. You speak negative over every area of your life. Over your children. You know, the number one reason children fail is because what their parents speak over them. Ooh, pastor, that hurt. That hurt. You're stupid. You're going to end up being just like your daddy. When Pastor Daniel said that about the guy named Poison, I, I went to school with five brothers. They were all really, really, really good athletes. All five of them went to prison. I believe two of the five were on death row. And so much of it was because what was spoken of them. You'll never amount to nothing. You'll spend your life in jail and in prison. See, guys, we've got to change our identity. Who does God say I am? Who does God say you're kids? Why don't we look at kids and say, whoa, you're special. You're spe you, you can do everything that God's called you to do. You can be those things where we encourage them and say, you can learn math. You can be this. You're God's crown. But what happens in life, we program ourselves to the negative, and then we begin to speak that way. Let's program ourselves to what God says. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.